Good evening, I'm Marks Polikovs, and you're listening to Cold Takes, opinions I'm not even remotely qualified to have that I'm going to spew anyway. You brought this on yourself. This episode of Cold Takes was recorded at 5pm on Tuesday the 15th of December 2020. The beverage of choice today is a Strongbow Dark Fruit Cider. Classy, just like the show. So let's talk about Brexit because, I don't know, let's just start with something controversial just to make the show as bad as possible. So, on Sunday we got the news that the UK and the EU had not given up on negotiating a trade deal, and can I just stop here and point out just how annoyed I am at what went down last year and how everybody said that the exit on the 31st of January 2020 was a big triumph of Brexit with a deal. Yes, technically, just push everything 11 months down the line is a deal, but it's not a deal in the traditional sense. And that's why everybody's still referring to what's going on these days as deal or no deal, because that's what the whole point of the deal was all about. A trade deal, a contract for how the UK and the EU are going to deal with each other in the future. So punting it down the road is technically a deal, but only in the slimmest possible sense. Anyway, so on Sunday, Boris Johnson and Ursula von der Leyen decided they're going to continue negotiating up until as late as possible. However, some people are saying that it might already be too late for that. John Worth, a person on Twitter who has a blue check and opinions, and historically those opinions have turned out to be right more often than not, described it as thus. There are four steps that need to happen to put a deal into play by the end of the transition period. First, the UK and the EU need to agree on the terms of a deal politically. Second, they need to turn it into a legally ratifiable text. Third, both sides need to ratify it. On the EU side, it would be the European Parliament and the Member States, and on the UK side, it would be the House of Commons and the House of Lords. And then once all that is done, the deal takes effect on the 1st of January 2021. Now, there's a couple problems here. One, we don't have agreements on the terms. The three key sticking points still remain. How to deal with fisheries, how to ensure fair competition between UK and EU businesses, and how to enforce a deal should either side break it, because I don't know who would ever think of doing something like that. And at the time of recording, there are only 16 days until the transition period ends, including Christmas. Now, let's suppose that Michel Barnier and David Frost can agree to a deal on all these three terms. The main stumbling book at this point is, drumroll please, the European Parliament, something something parliamentary sovereignty. Shauna Murray, Euronews EU correspondent, has said that after speaking to MEPs, it's clear that they won't countenance debating or ratifying any EU-UK trade agreement before December the 31st. Now, there is a way around this, it's known as provisional application, which apparently the European Council's legal service says that the only person who has, or rather the only body which has the right to determine whether a trade deal comes into force or not is the EU Council, so they could, in principle, unilaterally apply it. However, the European Parliament would not be very happy about that at all. And there's another problem, which is that Even once you have this political agreement, this provisional ratification process only works when you already have a fully written out, in legal terms, text of a deal ready to be applied. At this point in time, all we really know is that it's going to be 600 and something pages long. Now, 
The non-controversial bits have probably already been written, but the bits that are still being debated in Brussels, those haven't for somewhat obvious reasons, and because this is Europe, the deal is going to need to be translated into all 24 languages of the European Union, or at the very least into French and German. I'm not entirely sure whether it needs to be just those or all the languages, but either way, John Worth describes it as, if there's no agreement by the end of this week or the start of the next week at the very latest, you can forget about that as well. There's a couple other ways forward. Steve Peters, professor of EU law at the University of Essex, has mused on what he called retroactive application. Essentially, go into January with no deal, come up with a deal later, and then retroactively reimburse all the tariffs that have been paid in the meantime. Essentially, go into no deal, but with the promise of a deal coming in later once it's been ratified by everyone, and then dealing with what happens after that. That would be a practical and a political nightmare, because nobody's going to know how long this period of <laughs> is going to last, nobody's going to know if it will even ever end, and businesses are going to need to do tariff calculations anyway. Another option is to do what Brexit loves to do and just extend everything. Have some kind of small, maybe even a couple paragraphs agreement essentially saying that the transition period is extended for a few months until the negotiators come up with another deal to essentially buy themselves some time. Which is possible, but nobody really wants to do it because haha, imagine a Brexit deadline actually being stuck to. And also because there's no guarantee that once this extension is open that there is actually going to be a deal, because there is every reason to believe that the exact same thing that's happened up until now would happen again. So, mm, it's an option, but I don't think anybody's really wanting to look into it for a little while now. You need a copious amount of alcohol just to process all of this. So here's the conclusion. If there is no agreement for the text of a deal by Christmas, so just about same time next week, then you can forget about there being a deal before the 31st of December, because it's going to have to go through the translation ratification process, which is not going to happen. And I'll be honest, I'm going to be very, very surprised if there is a deal by then, given how negotiations have been going up until this point in time. We shall see what happens there. But it's not over yet! Because one of the executives of Girteka Logistics, a Lithuanian trucking company, has said that they may already start turning away bookings to the UK because of the potential chaos at the border. He's warning that there could be a queue of up to 50 kilometers, yes, I'm using the correct unit, at the border because of this mess. Meanwhile in Kent, a post-Brexit lorry park be built next to the M20 is apparently not going to be ready until the end of February. Which means we're almost certainly going to get our friends Operation Brock and Operation Stack. In other news, messing around with the lane arrangements on the M20 in case of disruption at Dover and Folkestone. Disruption which, given how things are looking, is probably going to be quite likely. So the conclusion on the Brexit front is, it's still a mess, nobody knows what's going to happen, something is going to go terribly, terribly wrong on the 1st of January anyway. Whippy! In other news, the coronavirus still exists, the UK has come out of lockdown and cases have started rising again, and the government's Christmas plan is slowly starting to unravel, because the entire plan was predicated around the idea that 
you're going to come out of lockdown, cases aren't going to rise again, and then everything will be a little bit normal over Christmas, which means that you can get away with relaxing the rules. That has not happened. London and parts of Essex and Hertfordshire have been put into Tier 3, and apparently Michael Gove is having a chat with the First Ministers of Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland, as I speak, to try and possibly consider switcherooing around some of the rules around the Christmas period. I'm not going to touch on that because that story is very rapidly moving and whatever take I have now is going to go very quickly out of date. What I'm going to rant about, however, is the news yesterday that a new strain of coronavirus has been found in the southeast and apparently it may be spreading more rapidly. Now, here's the thing about viruses. They mutate. That's what they do. And the thing about most viral mutations is that they're essentially the genetic equivalent of a typo. You can see that they're there, but they're not really going to have any serious effects. Yeah, just to remind you, I am not a virologist, I'm not even remotely qualified to have these opinions, this is just me synthesizing what I've seen on Twitter, so take it with a sizable helping of salt. However, a study published in Nature Journal on the 25th of November 2020, 2010 marks, really, really, looked at a dataset of 46,723 SARS-CoV-2 genomes isolated from patients worldwide, and did not identify a single recurrent mutation that convincingly associates with increased viral transmission. Instead, quote, recurrent mutations currently in circulation appear to be evolutionary neutral and primarily induced by the human immune system via RNA editing. So I would not be surprised if this new strain turns out to be essentially as good as harmless. But the thing that I'm really upset about is how all the media are leading with that as the headline story, despite the fact that 99% of SARS-CoV-2 mutations have little to no noticeable effect. Because obviously it's going to get them clicks, because oh no, the virus that has destroyed our lives has mutated! How are you going to live? Well, only by reading our article on it, of course. Ugh. The media just annoys me. And yes, I do recognize the irony in what I'm doing right now. And that's all the energy I have for takes today. I need more cider. If you have any takes on these takes, go to anchor.fm forward slash markspolikovs and send me a voice message. I might use your take in a future episode and have takes on your takes. It's takeception. Thank you for listening to the show. I'm sorry. And I'll see you next time. And now, for all the times I screwed up. And then for... That's going to come into... And then once that's happened... Which has said that they will not even countenance debating or ratifying any kind of UK-EU trade agreement. Where the fuck has that tweet gone? Give me a minute. Shauna Murray, Euronews Europe... Con nope. That there's been a new mutation now. Especially considering... Oh, for God's sake, my phone went off. Mm. However, a paper published in the Nature Journal on the 25th of November 2020... 25th? 25th. 